Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Mystery Brothers. Alright, what's up guys? Uh, this is another episode of Mystery Bros. Sorry, we it's been a little bit since we posted. Um, you know, <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> it's cold out. Um, but I think we got a pretty cool episode for you today. Um, we're going to be talking about probably the four like most famous alien abduction stories. So we're going to be talking about aliens shocker yeah dude, our, favorite, our homies our homies yeah. <laughs> never talk about aliens on mystery bros but yeah so in my opinion there we have the two most famous ones and then two other ones that are pretty famous but i don't know there's so many is the problem there's so many like and so, so many, many of them are bullshit, let's be honest. I think, like... Even some of the ones we're going to talk about today, I think, are bullshit. Yeah, and I think, like, drugs have also, like, led to some of these... I don't think so. I don't think it's drugs. I think it's, like, people wanting to be famous and people wanting attention. People want cash in. People are crazy. It's people wanting attention. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's it's something that when you say you've been abducted by aliens and like you have this crazy story. Everyone wants to talk to you. People want to interview you. Yeah. And like sometimes even like a book deal or a movie deals, that kind of shit comes out of it. So you always have to question motive, but like that's why a couple of these ones that we're going to talk about, I think really happened. And a couple of them, I don't think happened. <laughs> um, you know, but they're all very interesting. They're all pretty cool stories. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Travis Walton story, um, which I think probably is the most famous one just because they made a movie about it called Fire in the Sky. Interesting movie. Not my, not, not great, it. to be honest with you. Not great. And movie critic here. And Evan. they didn't really they didn't really stick to accuracy that well with the movie. Was it based or did they have loose Yeah, names? no, it's based on Travis. Like, the, even the guy's name in the movie is Travis. Like, it's supposed to be about him. But, like, and, and I think, like, the day and everything is accurate. But, like, the the alien stuff, like, what he recounts and what he says is nothing like what the movie says. Well, so it's obviously, they have to make it more, like, people need to watch it. I don't it. know. It was pretty fucking interesting the way he explained it. I'd watch a movie about that. But, anyway, we're going to get into that one. Um, which again, like I said, I think it's the most famous one. Um, we're also going to get into Betty and Barney Hill. Oh yeah. Which is very interesting. Uh, probably also one of the most famous ones. I think it was technically one of the first. It's, it's I think it's the first, one of the yeah, first. I think it's the first that like that became public and like people, you know, yeah. that type of thing. And then we got, yeah, we have another one with uh, Linda in New York. Uh, she has a compelling story about being abducted. Okay. What's fascinating are the witnesses to this. Okay, okay. And then um, I guess I think the most plausible one, in my opinion, is what happened to the missing pilot in, in the uh, 70s because one's actually missing and he actually didn't get to cash in yeah. or you yeah. know, publicize off his, uh, of his <laughs> encounter. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about those four. Um 
Yeah, it's just, it's super interesting to me, this type of stuff, just because, I mean, I'm sure as everyone knows, all our listeners know, I totally believe in aliens. I definitely believe that they're out there. Um, And I believe that they've visited Earth. I believe that they've, they've checked us out. They've, you know, that kind of thing. It's just crazy to think that maybe they're actually like, taking people and doing experiments and trying to, you know what I mean? Like, I've been thinking about it's it. It's like, what would we do if we yeah, found what, a new species, like in the jungle or something, we would probably try and, or we were on a different another planet or something. Right. Or we were observing on another planet. If we were like the ones observing on a different planet, we'd probably like want to check it out, check figure out, out what, figure out what, what these, what these, what these yeah. people do. Yeah. So it's super interesting. And it's also just <laughs> kind of creepy too. It's scary. It's creepy. You know? I don't have objections. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen the fourth kind? Well, was that the 1970s Spielberg? movie? No, 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 no. Ooh, that one's really, the that's yeah, scary. That this? No, that's close encounters oh. of the third kind. I'm talking, there's a movie called the fourth kind that came out in like 2012 or whatever. So it was kind of recent, but not like super recent. And it was like about alien abductions and, it scared the shit out of me because they marketed it like it was real. Like it was like, like this, like there was real footage. It's like one of those cam movie things. No, it wasn't a full like found footage movie, but there was a lot of like that type of like recording stuff in it. And they made it seem, they, they marketed it like it was real, made it seem like it was real. And I was only like, 18 or something when it came out or <laughs> something somewhere around there. And I thought it was real. It scared the shit out of me. Um, but that's a good one to check out if you're interested in like scary alien movies. Um, yeah. So let's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so let's get into it then. Uh, we're going to start off with, uh, Linda, Linda. Uh, we're going to take Does you- this Linda have a last name. Uh, yeah. So her, li- her name is, uh, Linda Knapp. Politano okay. and, she, and she has a crazy story um what happened to her back in the 1980s in New York um and Linda you know and she lived like a pretty normal life you know her husband worked she had two children is this New York City she lived yes she lived in New York City in okay. the apartment um so she said what happened on November 30th 1989 at around 3 a.m she said all of a sudden she had this very quiet feeling um, that something was watching her. So she like woke up, got up and she saw these short beings around her bed and she was startled, but like they were like telling her in like a tele, she says in a telepathic soothing way to like be quiet and like not say anything. Ooh. So it's pretty juicy. They were communicating like telepathically. She says. She says she just like got a feeling. She's just like she knew that they were telling them her telling her to like stay quiet. Was her husband like away on a no, business trip or no, something? No, she, she right he next. He was there sleeping. He has no account of any of this. He was sleeping. Okay. She, and they only said to be uh, quiet. So uh, okay, she didn't obviously wake up. Uh, he didn't obviously wake up. I guess. I guess they're not interested in him. <laughs> all right. So anyways, um, all of a sudden, these beings move to the light, and all of a sudden she feels she's getting moved to the light. So she's slowly, like, leaving her feet. Okay. And she's floating out her bedroom window. 
up into the New York City skyline. Wow. With these two alien beings right next to them, right next to her. And she just remembers paralyzed. She couldn't really move or anything. She just knows that she was just like. She was just floating up. She was just floating up to the uh, sh- up to the shift. Okay. She was seeing the buildings all around her in New York, and she was just floating up. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does she remember anything like being on the ship at all? Yeah, I'm getting into that. I'm getting it. I'll get into that. Make make my story. I mean, and then so the next thing she she remembers, um, she goes onto the ship. So she pours. This is a huge ship. She sees a green light. She goes inside, and they escort her down a hallway, and into a room, and they just sit there and they and they're on the other side. They don't say anything. And they just see this table. She sees this table with like stuff on it. And like, she just had a feeling saying like, she knew that like, if she was going to get put on that table, um, bad things were going to happen. She got scared. (laughs) She got really scared. She tried to move, but they wouldn't, they like calmed her down. She said that she got like a soothing feeling. So she calmed down and they just took her and like placed her on the table. She was struggling. One put him, one put her the hand over her mouth so she would struggle, mm. and then she remembers them putting some something up on her nose, something up her nose, and then she woke up right next to her, lying next to her husband. That's all. She, that's the last thing she yeah. remembers. Them putting something in her nose. Okay, and then waking up next to her husband at five a.m. not knowing how, like what what happened. Like whoa, wow. back. What time did all this start? Did 3 a.m. 3 a.m. So it was a two-hour time period. <laughs> yeah, it was a two-hour time period. And she said it wasn't that long. Yeah, that's not very long. Um, If you ask me at this point, I would say she's batshit crazy. But there is a little bit of, a little bit of evidence, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like... The doctor found something up her nose that, like, they took x-rays and they saw, yeah, there was something pierced up on her nose. Uh-huh. And I've seen the x-rays. It looked yeah. like some sort of, it looked like there was something with, like, little, like, prongs coming out of it, kind of, like, inserted in her nose. It's important to note, though, that the doctor was her niece. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like, isn't the doctor somewhat related to her? Which is, yes. Yeah, so she could, like, help the story and... When they were going to remove it, um, she, she got abducted a second time, and they removed it for her. So we never actually got to uh, see the. Uh, oh, there's there was a second abduction. We never supposedly. She, she never talks to her. Yeah, she never talks about anything. When they were gonna like remove the thing, she says, "Oh, she got abducted a second time, and <laughs> and it got removed." Interesting though that they isn't that coincidence. Isn't that just you know? Interesting though where it was. They did find like a lot of cartilage built up. So yeah, I remember them saying that. So it definitely seemed like something was there. Yeah. Yeah. Is this her niece again though? Making that diagnosis that there was cartilage? no, she went to a throat specialist. A, she went okay. to a, she went to their throat, no, like a science yeah, specialist yeah. type. Okay, um, isn't there also like some witnesses? So that's what I'm coming yeah. into. So this is what makes 
This is very interesting because there's 21 witnesses to this and they're not related to her because she was all in. She was in like New York City, like in the city when this is happening in an apartment building in the city. Yes. So you would assume that there would have to be some other people that would see something here. And if there wasn't, I would just call bullshit immediately. But yeah, there's 21 witnesses who said who saw something that night. And what what, what I have to go interested, what's kind of interesting about that is that like. You know, if I saw that, if I saw a woman like floating up with two beings, I wouldn't report it because like you wouldn't, gonna, you said I wouldn't report it oh. because you know why? Because they're going to like literally if I call the cops, like I see this lady like floating to the alien ship. They're going to ask me like, when, when's the last time I got a CAT scan? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but why not? Why not just, so you, why so, not just uh, report it? So yeah. you, you would report it. You saw like you saw like these alien beings take this lady up. This was in 1989, right? Yes. See, it's like. You would, the first have, thing I would do is take a picture. But you, you, or don't, video have, you or don't have a cell phone. You but don't have yeah, cell you don't phone. have that. So yeah, I probably would call the police. I wouldn't. Or I, somebody. <laughs> I call you. Be like, Bro, <laughs> someone's floating out their window outside. Yeah, but that's on an eyewitness account. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. What? Well, yeah, I would call the police. So like, there's the people did. Um, so there's some interesting accounts. There's one lady said that she was going over the Brooklyn Bridge. And all of a sudden, her car stopped, and all the cars stopped around her. Mm. And they saw, and they saw this light, and they saw this lady followed by two beings being taken up to the ship. One of the public accounts. Okay. And this girl had no relation with, uh, to their knowledge, like no family relationship or anything with Linda. Okay. When did so? Did all these witnesses all called that same night or later? So they all like once the once she kind of came out, they okay. all came out to the, the ufologist. Okay, okay, and they said, "Yeah, they saw stuff." What's interesting though is what I'm what, what I'm about to get into is the two security guards. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that they said they saw um, the wife. I mean, not the lady and the two uh, alien beings moving her up the ship. Uh-huh. Um, and they were escorting um, someone kind of very important. Um, he was in the UN. Um, his name is Javier Paris de Salar. You don't know that for sure, though, right? So he, let me get into it. So okay. he's a former secretary of the general of the UN. So Bud Hopkins claims he's spoken with him. He got his eye test testimony, said yes, but he told him that you can't go public with this because if people know that, like, I am, if I come, if people know that I say this stuff, like, I'm done. My public, my career is yeah, finished. Yeah, your political career is your probably political career not is f- in the greatest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably not great. You're not going to get yeah. reelected ever again or anything. <laughs> so he signed the letter with him, but he, but he like told, so according to Bud Hopkins, he t- told Bud Hopkins, like, I will not publicly testify to this story because, okay. because it would just ruin my career. And so it was too, like, security guards for him and then supposedly him too yeah that all saw this yeah they were they were in and a the traffic security guards jam. have come out and said yes. it, right so the security guards wrote in a letter to bud hopkins thing is they never met bud hopkins is a ufologist yeah, yeah. right yes so he's the one who's like investigating all this okay investigating linda's claims because like I'm sure the police department's not going to investigate. <laughs> they don't have their men in black division on it. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have it on. Yeah. So, so she, he's investigating this. Um, so yeah, everything's going through him. 
So the communication's going through him. And that's why some people say he might have been caught up in a hoax, because he actually never met the two security guards. They were all just wrote letters to each other, phone calls, okay. that kind of thing. So there's, and he told them not to visit Linda to like not taint their uh, descriptions, but yeah. they did. They yeah, like, I remember that. Like they ended up speaking with Linda, right? Yeah, they actually kidnapped Linda, put her in a car, and like demanded to know, like what happened that night, what was happening. Really? Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. They like went to our house and like grabbed her and were like, "Yeah, like, tell us what the fuck happened." Like, tell us what happened. Tell us what happened. Like, wow. If that's if that's true, that's pretty crazy. Here's where it gets. It's like, just hard to believe all this stuff because it's all coming from like either Linda or like a ufologist. You know what I mean? Right. But these the twenty one. And what is going on with her husband? Her husband has no like. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't. He, Nothing happened to him. Nothing. They're in the same bed. Nothing. I just slept through the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a little fishy to me. <laughs> well, there's a lot of fishy st- stuff to this story. Yeah. I mean, yes. So there's twenty. The interesting part of the story. There's twenty-one witness, public witnesses that have come out, and like some of the names have n- no relations with Linda at all. So like, interesting. Okay. Here's what else it gets. They later do a hypnosis. Like hypnotic regression. Yeah. And on the security guards. It's a and, common theme. And on Linda, right? Okay. On uh, this one of the security guards, he basically claimed that him and Linda had have been kidnapped since they've been nine, alien abducted since nine, and they started a love affair on 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 an alien spaceship. This is all later. Uh, <laughs> one of the security guards says yeah. that during the regression. Yeah, so like, take that with like a fucking mm. grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, this one's a little. I don't know. I don't know about so this. So I one. don't think the hypnosis thing is correct at all. I don't even. If you want my personal opinion, I don't believe the story. I don't. Me either. I don't think it's. I don't think it happened i think there's just too many inconsistencies yeah there's just no like any sort of like proof or or i mean there's not never proof but like there's no like evidence or like i don't know there's just nothing she also wrote a book it was in the middle of new york city too yeah. like how did not thousands of people not i kind of get that though like i kind of get like what are you going to call the cops for saying you saw like in but yeah, I think most people would. Right. I don't believe it because I the story just doesn't make enough sense to me to believe, especially like afterwards they're not going through hypnosis and they're saying like oh, they've known each other longer, you yeah. know. Yeah. Here's the here's the kicker for me, how like she has the thing in her nose that supposedly <laughs> like you see the x-ray from her like that just happened to be at her niece's place. And then, and then right before it's like, Oh, we're going to take this out. It's like, Oh, I just got abducted again. And it's gone. Darn. Gee. Oh, well, I guess, you know, I guess we'll never know. Like, that's just a little fish. That's yeah, just like, and a she's never fishy. really described the second time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think these, I think Linda and these security guards are kooky. Yeah. You know? 
Maybe they saw a UFO that night or something and then like decided they're going to talk about how they were like abducted or she was, you know. Right. Her final quote was, if I hallucinate, if this was a hallucination, then 21 other people saw my hallucination. I guess. Did did the, did all 21 other people say that like they saw her being taken off into the ship and everything? Yeah, the, all of the other 21 are witnesses that night who saw her and like came up to Bud Hawkins like, yeah, I saw her that night. That's the only interesting. That's the Do only thing. Do we know thing. any of their names? They're probably I can like. So like, you could just be making all this up. Bud Hopkins. No, like they're public. Like you can go like uh, you can go look their name. I don't I don't have it written you, down. OK, but they're just yeah. random people. But you can look up their names. Yes. They're like they're public statements. Okay. They said they're like, but like. You could say they could they could, they could have just come out for attention, like because like yeah, I could call it probably yeah, I was in New York City then. Yeah, we don't know. That's the only interesting part. That's the only kind of thing that kind of holds ground to the story. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Not I sure if I believe it. this one, but it is a famous one, right? Yeah. What's your name, Linda? Linda Napoliano. Napoliano, very Italian. She died. So rest in peace. Oh, she's dead now. Yeah. R.I.P. She wrote a book, if anyone you want. Of course she did. See, there we go. There it is. Although, I don't think writing a book necessarily means you're lying. It's just... You can cash in. I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Right? Like, like I can't... I can't... Just the fact that you wrote a book doesn't make me think that you're lying. But it... But it... When there's all that fishy bullshit... And then you still and and you write a book on top of it, like. But anyway, um, let's move on to the next one. I think next time we're gonna go with Travis Walton's story. Um, like I said, I think that this one is probably the most famous uh, abduction story, just because it, it got huge. It blew up. Um, they made a movie about it. And there's also a book written, of course, um, by Travis. Apparently, I heard they make, make 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 a remake of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said in, in his uh, Joe Rogan interview that they're supposedly could be doing a remake, which would be cool. I I hope they make it more accurate, at least like his depiction of being in the. How much he's getting paid for it? Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna get some money for it. Yeah, but but like I said, that doesn't you know. Um. Why don't they make a movie with Bob Lazar? I want his story. That'd be crazy. They haven't made that. Yeah, like a feature. Like a yeah. They. they I mean, they, I think Bob Lazar. I don't know if he wants that. You know, he's a very private dude. I don't think he likes that. Which is what adds to. So just wait till he dies. Then. <laughs> but um, so Travis Walton um. He was like a, a lumberjack or a logger. Um, he worked as part of a crew in Arizona. Um, and his story, like I said, has been made into a movie, Fire in the Sky. There's also a book. I think the book is also called Fire in the Sky. Um, so it's, it, like I said, one of the most well-known abduction stories, but there's also a lot of skeptics to it. Um, many believe it's a hoax. But let's get into that one. So it takes place on November 5th, 1975 in a town called Snowflake, Arizona. (laughs) Interesting. I wonder if it's ever snowed there. 
He actually said on the podcast that like when they were going to make a movie, they wanted to do an interview on where it happened. And he said, well, if you want to do that, it's like full snow. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I guess it does snow in Arizona. Maybe it's like up in the mountains or something. Probably like some mountainous region. Definitely not. Are there mountains in Arizona? Maybe. I don't know. Well, Snowflake, anyway. Ar- well, Snowflake Arizona. There must be. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it's called Snowflake Arizona. Um, and he was working with um, the a timber stand improvement crew in what's called the Apache Sit Greaves National Forest. Um, and basically what they did is they would like cut down certain trees that were like unhealthy or whatever. They would like remove them, cut them down, and then it would make room for healthier trees to like grow. And I guess it's supposed to be good for the so forest. They're good. They're, At so the same they're, time, they're, yeah, they're, they're probably making some money off the lumber and shit. But So they're good guy lumberers. I guess, yeah. And they're working <laughs> on a contract. Um, and it was Travis and six other co-workers that he was working with. Um, he describes their relationship more as just kind of like co-workers, not necessarily friends. Um, he actually says like, they weren't like, they didn't all like each other. Like he had like an altercation with one of the crew members earlier that week. Um, and apparently that day also at work. Um, I guess one of the crew neighbors or one of the crew members, his name was Alan Dulles. Um, him and Travis didn't really get along that well. I guess I, from what, what Travis says is that Alan Dulles was like trying to like, get with Travis's girlfriend or like trying to break up Travis and his girlfriend so he could get with them. And Travis didn't like that. And they had fought on a couple occasions. I wouldn't um, like that either. I'd be like, F you. yeah, I'd be like, what the fuck dude. Um, but yeah, apparently they had somewhat of an altercation that day, um, at work. So they finish up their, their day and they all get in the truck to head home. And as they're driving home, um, they see a like gold reddish glow um, that was in the sky, like in a clearing, like off in the distance. Um, they couldn't see what was causing it at the time, like through the forest, but they could see that there was like just a really, really dark goldish reddish glow coming up. So they're, and it's kind of in front of them in their path. So they had to keep going um, as they get closer they basically see that it's like a large, like disc shaped object, you know, like pretty standard, like UFO description, like saucer, uh, shaped. Um, he said it was kind of small. Like it was about 40 feet long or less, like not, not that big. Um, which is interesting. Um, he, so Travis apparently like hops out of the vehicle because I guess he just was interested or, you know, trying to be tough or something. He hops out of the vehicle and starts going towards the UFO, like walking towards it. And it's kind of like hovering over a clearing right now. Um, And all of the crew is yelling at him. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, get the Mm -hmm. fuck back here. Like, stop. What are you doing? And, you know, he basically just continued walking up to it until he was like almost underneath it. He says it was at like a 45 degree angle, like underneath it. Um, and, uh, right about then he says like a beam came from the, the, the craft onto him and it like hit him. And he said, it felt like it was like a numbing, like shock force, 
that had hit him and he like flew back. Um, the crew said he was thrown about 15 to 20 feet by this shock. Wow. All right. Crazy. He says it was like lights out at that point. Doesn't um, remember what happened next. He doesn't remember what happened immediately next. He just remembers looking at it, feeling like this numbing, like shock, you know, wave go through him. And then, um, we'll get to what he, what he woke up to. But, but at that point he was unconscious. The crew saw him get like thrown 15 to 20 feet. So at this point they all got really scared. They kind of assumed like he's probably dead and they just left. Um, so they, they just took off, drove down the road. Um, after about three to five miles, they pulled over and the crew leader, Mike, basically was like, guys, we got to go back. We got to go back and check. We got to go make sure like he's okay. You know, we got to go back and check. A lot of the people didn't want to. They were like, no, fuck that. We're getting the fuck out of here. No, you got to go so, check on your guy, dude. You yeah. That's the thing is they're not really friends. Like most of them aren't really friends. I think like that's what he was trying to explain. But, but you're right. They ended up deciding that they were going to go back. So they went back to look for Travis and he was gone. Was not there. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. Ooh, that would scare me, man. Right? If I was part of the crew, like, holy yeah. shit, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit. But like, what do you tell like the police? Like, what do you, are they, you know what I mean? Are they going to fucking believe you or this dude's gone? But anyway. I would just, you'd have to say this way. Like there's a craft that like I saw it, like, hit my friend and that's what you have to say. <laughs> well, well yeah but um so so get back to travis so um travis remembers regaining consciousness um he said he felt like a really intense like internal pain like he like he felt like something was wrong with him i mean he just got that like shocked and thrown 20 feet or whatever but he felt really like intense internal pain and he was laid out on a table with like a light above him. Um, he could hear movement, but uh, he was too like distracted by the pain to like look around and see what was going on. He kind of just assumed that he was like in a hospital. You know, he just assumed there was like doctors like looking at him. He felt so bad that he thought he said he thought he was going to die. He felt that bad. Mm -hmm. So he just assumed he was in a hospital um, but once he was able to like focus his eyes and look around, he saw that he was surrounded by beings that were not human. All right. Um, he screamed, uh, he jumped up and he grabbed an object. He said it was some sort of like beaker, like some sort of like, you know, uh, glass thing. And he starts swinging it at them. And at that point, he says that they got scared and ran out of the room and just kind of like left him in there by himself. Um, he described them as like humanoid looking, uh, small and hairless, um, big eyes, grayish white skin, and about three to four feet tall. You know, so that's pretty, that's a pretty typical yeah. alien description. Um, but in 1975, you know, there wasn't a, wasn't a ton of alien descriptions, but 
that's pretty typical small three to four feet big head humanoid looking big eyes that kind of shit um he said that they were wearing like orange coveralls like basically like jumpsuits like orange like jumpsuits um and he was trying to find like a way off of the ship like he was kind of frantically like running around and then he says that two men came into the room this is where it gets interesting he describes them as like they were humans they were human they had like blonde hair uh apparently they were like very like good looking humans i guess <laughs> um and they were dressed in blue coveralls um and that kind of made him feel a little bit better because it's like okay there's there's a human here so he decided to he'd have to like i don't get what his first threat was like when you when, when you like see these aliens on the ship, like you're on a ship like where are you gonna run <laughs> yeah but apparently they wouldn't communicate with him like i i guess he was like trying to talk to them and they wouldn't speak to him so maybe they can't that would be interesting or that would kind of be a little scary yeah um so he followed them into another room where there were three more humans or human-like looking things there um and they tried to get him to lay down on a table um he said it was two men and one woman and again they were all just kind of like the epitome of like what a human you know good-looking human would be um Again, they weren't talking, but they were just trying to get him to lay down on this table. Um, and at that point, he he didn't want to, but like he f- kind of started to realize, like, I don't think I have a choice here. I think that, you know, and, and they don't I don't think he was scared that they wanted to kill him or anything. I feel like they could have just done that or they would have just done that if they wanted to. So he decides to just lay down on the table and um, they put like this mask over his face and he said it was, it was some sort of anesthetic because he just went unconscious again after that. And when he woke up, he was laying on the ground uh, pretty close to where he was when he got shocked by the, the, by the UFO. And he saw the UFO hovering above him. He said it was about 100 to 80, 80 to 100 feet hovering above him. It's convenient and that he, he, was, he was able to see it when he woke up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a huge glowing object. Not that I just woke up and it's like gone already. Made more sense. Maybe. But um, he saw it take off and he basically he got up. He knew where it was because it was like pretty close to where he'd been taken from. So um, he ran to like the nearest town and he made a phone call from a pay phone. And I think he called like his brother-in-law. And... I guess at first his brother-in-law thought it was a joke, like, like, haha, yeah, right. He didn't think it was him. And then he's like, no, no, dude, it's really me. I'm here. Can you come pick me up? And uh, they did that. And it wasn't until his brother and his friends and stuff arrived to him to, and they told him that he'd been gone for five days. He didn't realize that. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. Um, but that's, so that's Travis's side. Now back to the crew that he was with. 
Um, once they realized Travis was gone, when they went back and looked for him, they didn't know what to do other than to tell the police what had happened. Um, and the police immediately thought that this was a cover up for a murder that they somehow killed Travis either on the job or on purpose through an altercation yeah. or something. And they were trying to cover it up. So the police were kind of like questioning them and investigating them under the pretense that they'd murdered someone. I don't think the police believed anything they said right off the bat. I wouldn't. Like, yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't, I, it'd be hard. Exactly. Um, but I mean the, you know, the, they were all taken into the, uh, in question all separately in separate rooms and they all stuck to the story, you know? Um, but like I said, they believed that, uh, they murdered Travis and they were questioned pretty aggressively according to the police and they all stuck to the story. Um, eventually I think like three or four days later, the police were like, we want you to take a polygraph test because if you take this polygraph test, that'll help us figure out, you know, whether you guys are bullshitting or this is really what, what you guys think happened or what you guys saw. Mm -hmm. So they were administered a polygraph test. Five out of the six men passed the polygraph test. The sixth one was the Alan Dulles guy. And apparently like he got a little upset during the test because they were questioning him pretty aggressively because he was one of the, he was like the only one who like, didn't really like didn't him. like him like yeah. and had altercations with him in the past type of thing so um so he got too upset during the test and it came back as inconclusive um but five out of the six passed the test yeah so they yeah. they they thought what they saw they believe what they saw exactly yeah um after Travis returned he underwent a lot of medical tests. Um, no traces of drugs or alcohol or anything was in his system. Um, they did like x-rays, EKGs, um, all that stuff was gone through. Um, you know, obviously he was met with a lot of skepticism right. about his story. Um, and he was given a polygraph test as well after he came back about all that, which he did pass. So pretty interesting. Um, I heard of you clen clen clench your uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are ways to pass a polygraph test, but it's usually pretty good, it's usually a pretty good way to tell. Clench your butt cheeks, <laughs> that's a good way to pass. But I think that'll just come back as inconclusive if you do that. I don't know, I'm not, a, I've never done one, so I can't say I know from experience. Yeah, I've never done one either. Um, and I mean, there are, there are a lot of people that say that this is a hoax. And I mean, I'm open to that too. I mean, there's, there's a lot about this story that is, that is a little fishy. They could want just a cash grab and just like, yeah, made a I mean, hoax. he made a ton of money off of this, of making a movie and like writing a book and they all got famous for a little bit. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff. Like if you go on Wikipedia, which Wikipedia is always like super leaning towards the skeptic side of everything yeah. though. Wikipedia like hates everything cool. They just, think <laughs> they just want to explain away everything. But if you go to Wikipedia, there's a lot of like skeptic information. Like apparently, I don't know. They on Wikipedia, they say that 
they got like $5,000 for some sort of like, like they got given $5,000 by like a UFO, like magazine or something for the, for that story or something like that. But I don't know. I haven't heard that anywhere else. I haven't read that anywhere else. I would think it's just because Wikipedia doesn't mean it's true, but, um, but I, I did see that. Um, but as far as some, some, some other things, um, on the, the believer side, um, they actually did a test of, I think it was Arizona state did it or something. They, they did a test on all the trees in the location that, um, in the, in the area where they, they say that the craft was and where they picked up Travis. Yeah. Um, they did a, a like test on all the trees within like a hundred foot radius of where the craft was. And, um, they found that the, the trees, they found that those trees where it was hovering, uh, have much thicker growth rings than they should have like way thicker growth rings. Um, and the thickness was in the direction of the tree that faced where the craft was. So it was like on that side. So like if you go around the circle, like the, all the tree, the part facing in on the trees had the thicker growth rings, um, which is actually, that's known to be a, a like symptom for like trees and stuff that have been exposed to radiation. Like if you go to Chernobyl, a lot of the trees, almost all the trees, like within the like blast radius or whatever of Chernobyl have way thicker growth rings than they should. Cause I guess that's just something that happens when trees are exposed to radiation. Um, so they did do a test on that and that's official. So that's interesting, you know, pretty weird story though, how there was like humans on the ship. Like, what do you think that means? Like we're, they were genetically made. They just got like the best genes from like the boats. Or maybe that leads to like the earth being like seeded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or humans weren't born on earth through evolution. They were brought here. (laughs) You can go through all kinds of different theories. Isn't that crazy? Who knows? Aliens came and dropped off humans (laughs) on earth. And then settle down, settle down here. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, lightning split two atoms and that's how life started. (laughs) It's, it's, it's interesting to think about his story is pretty, pretty weird. Right. I know it's, it's a very interesting story. I remember listening to his podcast and just thinking like a little like, Oh, he sometimes like, Long does some long pauses to think about stuff, and I'm like trying to like fill in some gaps here. Yeah, he I, still to this day goes. He does like interviews and stuff. He did a big interview like right afterwards that you can see on YouTube. He's done a couple. He's probably done like three or four big interviews since then, and then he just recently, like a month ago, just did a Joe Rogan podcast. So. Want to hear more about it? Go check those out. What's interesting though, like his story is like pretty simple. Like he was in this room, these people walked in, calmed him down, he got on the table, and then he woke back up. If I was making a story up, I would be like, I went through all these rooms, I like got out, saw the spaceship, saw these rooms, saw what was inside this room, this yeah. room. I maybe elaborate a little more than make keep it that short. Yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about this one. It's very sensationalized, so it makes me want to not believe it. But I don't know. There's nothing that sticks out that makes me think like he had to be like, this is all bullshit. Like the Linda story. I don't know why, (laughs) but I don't know what I think. I don't know about this one. Maybe I believe it. Maybe I don't. It's very intriguing that I think it's compelling that all the lumbers stuck to their story and passed lagged. Cause like if it was a prank, you're getting investigated for murder. Like now's the time to like come clean. Then like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) But if you knew he was going to reappear in like five days, I guess you could just. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, we'll never know unless like unless we like meet the aliens who like abducted him. Yeah. Unless he comes out and admits that it was fake at some point. But then you still have people saying, like, oh, no, it was the government who made him come out and say. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so if you go to. The, the the Travis Walton UFO incident Wikipedia page. They just they just hate so hard. They're like the case for Steve's mainstream publicity and remains one of the best known alien abduction stories. Skeptics consider it a hoax hoax. There was an NBC television movie called The UFO Incident that was about Betty and Barney Hill that aired two weeks before he made this, all this happened. I, yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of like a far reaching. Yeah. That's, that could just easily be a coincidence, but apparently 30 years after, all right, there's a game show that's called the moment of truth, which is an awesome game show, by the way. I love this. <laughs> I, I've gone on YouTube and like rewatched like almost the entire first season. It's a crazy game show. Um, but it's called the moment of truth where they basically, they put you on like a lie detector test and they ask you a bunch of questions. And then you have to like answer the questions truthfully in front of like all your family and your friends and, and an audience. Do they ever like ask like, have money. you cheated on your wife? Oh and yeah. Oh, husband? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, it's a crazy TV show, dude. It's crazy. It's actually pretty entertaining. Um, but they asked him if he was in fact abducted by a UFO on November 5th, 1975, to which he replied yes, and the polygraph test determined he was lying. Doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it is what it is, but he passed the polygraph tests earlier. He passed the one that, like, needed to be passed. the one that was given by the police, yeah. you know? He so. passed the one that needed to, not the one that's doing it for money. Yeah, for a TV show. They probably so, don't have the same, uh, maybe they do. Who knows? Yeah, it is what it is. So that's the Travis Walton story. If you're interested, you, there's plenty of stuff you can go to check it out. I would ch- check out his JRE, his Joe Rogan interview. That one was pretty good. Um, but we got, what do we got next? We're going to save Betty Barney Hill till the end for the last one, because that one I think is the most compelling. So now we're getting to a very bizarre case. Um, this is, takes place in Australia another pilot uh, UFO incident. Okay. Um, for me, th- this one is the most believable um, only because the guy never came back. Um, so you're going to go back to uh, 1978. Um, he was supposed to fly 
Yeah, so it was October first, uh, October twenty first, nineteen seventy eight. Um, he was set to fly from Victoria to King Island, um, which King Island is the small little island um, below Australia. Um, and he was going to fly over the Bass Strait. Okay, how many miles is that? Um, so it's not really long. So it's like they said it's it should be an hour flight. Oh, okay, so it's not very sure. Sure, this was a training flight. He wanted to get some extra hours in. Okay. Um, he was doing this flight in a Cessna 182, and I should note that the Cessnas are meant to, if there is a water landing, unless you, like, do a hard head-on collision with the uh, water, it should, the plane should float. Yeah. Um, if you crash land it. Um, so anyways, he is flying, he's flying the Cessna, it's around 7 a.m., okay? Um, it's, like, partly cloudy day, um, Good start to the morning. Like nothing crazy happened that morning, weather wise. Um, he radios a tower at seven a.m. asking um, the tower uh, at his location if there's any um, if there's any aircraft in the area flying, which the tower uh, says no. Um, he says that there's a craft um, flying over him. He says like on the radio tra- transmission, he says, "Quote is he, he? It seems to be playing a game." But it's an aircraft, but and it's not an aircraft. Okay. And he says, so it, like it's not an airplane, is what he's saying. Yeah, it's just like it seems like it's a stationary. What I'm doing right now is or it's orbiting on top of me. It's also got a green light and a sort of metallic shiny on the outside. Oh, it just vanished. Okay, that's what that was his transmission. Yeah. So everything goes fine for like 30 minutes later, and then he says. It's back, Melbourne. It's back. Mm. And he's like, that strange craft is hovering on top of me again. It's hovering, and it's not an aircraft. And then all of a sudden, there's 17 seconds of silence, and then you hear a clunk, like a scratching noise. Yeah. Then nothing. Him and the plane have never been found again. Four days, they spent four days searching the Bass Straits, no evidence of the plane. They're saying that it couldn't have been a straight-on crash landing because they would have found the Cessna. He must have, like, died. Yeah, either he dove, Dude. like, straight into the ocean or it's just gone. It's not there. It's gone, anymore. yeah. Wow. Now, you can you can listen to, like, the transmissions, right? Yeah, so that's, that's his exact word for word. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I remember listening to it and the like the screech the metal screeching sound is kind of crazy. Like it's yeah. a very like strange sound. Right. Yeah. And he is kind of hard to explain away. Like you're not doing this for money or publicity. Yeah. Cause you're, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to be around for it. Yeah. Skeptics. So four days they found nothing uh, on the report. Officially they said the incident is unknown. What happened? We, we mm. like inconclusive. We have no idea. Yeah. So, skeptics will say, "Well, he's a UFO. Like he like was fascinated with UFOs. Yeah, he liked to do. He he knew he was very interested in UFOs, right? Yes. Yeah. I have a feeling, Evan, if anything ever happened to us UFO related, they'll be like, oh, well, they do a, they do a podcast. Like, yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be taken seriously. We'd be like, oh, they're just UFO kooks. Yeah, if anything, like they do if a we podcast. Ever said anything, yeah. <laughs> so." Um, and then he basically describes him saying that, like, 
oh, he was disoriented. The lights he saw were actually reflecting from the water, and he crash landed that way. Then where's the sh- then where's the plane? The ocean's big. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they um, that's how they discredit him. And then the other people are saying that like he he made, made maybe wasn't in a good state. He wanted to commit suicide and like wanted to make a good story while like committing suicide. Is did he have like a wife and kids or anything? No, he's twenty years old. He was only twenty. Yeah. Did, did any of his friends or anyone say he wanted no. to get like, yeah. What, you just assume that a dude's going to do that. That's what they're saying. And then there's been some witnesses, like a farmer said they saw the ship and saw his plane stuck on the back of it while it was flying away that day. So you can take that. That's uh, crazy. <laughs> Haven't there been, wasn't there like some pictures taken that same yeah, day? Yeah, there were some signings of some strange craft that day around the area too, yeah. which is interesting. But like, again, I can't really. Yeah, there was like some pictures yeah. taken like off the southern coast of Australia of like a UFO that kind of fits that description. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Definitely an interesting, definitely creepy case. Like, oh, you know, there's this object and you just never hear from this guy again. <laughs> yeah. When was this? 1978. 1978. Okay. It was in Australia. Um, yeah, I mean, that one's interesting. I wish there was, there's not really a ton of info on that yeah. one, is there? But he's gone, right? Yeah, I mean, he's like, they never, no, never found anything. No, no evidence, never found anything. No trace at all. No trace of him. What's the report say? Inconclusive. They, they, they don't know what happened. Wow. They they based it off pilot error and that he crashed. That's kind of what you have to assume. You got someone trying to say like a meteor might have hit him or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's like well, why would he radio tower like? Yeah, you why would time. he say there's something hovering over him and all that stuff? And yeah, he wouldn't just know. He literally, if it was a meteor, he would just be flying one second later, just yeah, not be flying. Be and there would crazy. probably still be some sort of evidence or some like debris or something if there was. Like I said, the Cessnas are made to float unless you crash on head on with the water. Yeah. Should be. That's definitely an eerie case. I feel like the most believable so far. I guess. Yeah. Definitely more believable than Linda. (laughs) And I mean, I say it's, it's easier to say it's more believable because he didn't have a whole story about like seeing aliens and all that shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's easier, but he's not back. He's not a he's not exactly. allowed to tell yeah, it. He's, he's not, not allowed here. to tell it. So it's just more it's more mysterious. Yeah, which I think makes it seem a little more believable because the other ones go into crazy elaborate stories, you know. But we're gonna get into Betty and Barney Hill for the finale here. In my opinion, this one is the most believable one. All right, so Betty and Barney Hill. This one is definitely. It's the first case. It's yeah. It's basically the first alien abduction case that ever went like public or or you know anything like that. Um, my opinion, this one is the most believable. I I almost say I I, I hesitate to say it, but I I think I believe this. I really do. Um, so little little background on them because that's kind of important. Um, Betty and Barney Hill are a couple. Um, now they're an interracial couple back in like, this was back in like the sixties. Yeah. 
All right. So they were an interracial. Barney was black. Betty was white. Um, Betty was a social worker. All right. Barney was a postman. All right. So they're both pretty normal, pretty normal people. Um, now, both were members of the NAACP. Um, Barney was like a prominent like civil rights activist as well. Um, they lived up in New Hampshire, so it's not like they were in Alabama or you know where 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 they were really fighting. But like they were, but Barney was a prominent civil rights activist. He received many awards for his activism, um, including an award from the governor of New Hampshire. All right, seems like a good guy. He was also invited to President Lyndon B. Johnson's inauguration for his work in the civil rights uh, movement. All nice. right. Pretty upstanding guy, you know. Um, they're both college graduates. Um, they're both upstanding and pr- very respected citizens in their community, basically. All right. So having said that, this starts uh, September 19th. 1961 um it was around 10 30 at night and they were driving home from a trip to canada they went to like niagara falls and i think quebec and then they were heading back home now they're up in new hampshire so they just border canada so it probably wasn't that crazy to go up to canada back apparently they've done that a bunch of times they knew that route they knew the trip um as they're driving they notice a strange light in the sky that seemed to be following them. All right. They start to get a little nervous uh, because they start to realize that it was following them and it was getting closer and they had no idea what it could be. Um, Once it started to get a little closer and follow them, Betty started saying like, this is a UFO. All right. Barney didn't didn't believe her and was like you're being silly <laughs> um so they pull off the road they go off into like a kind of like a side road um why they pull off the road they wanted to try and like lose it basically like they were like okay we're on this big highway right now it's just kind of following us so maybe if we pull off into a side road or something it'll leave us alone or it'll it'll go away um and i think betty or they wanted to kind of get a look at it as well um, because Betty thought it was a UFO because apparently like three years earlier, Betty's sister said that she saw a UFO at one point and Betty was like, Oh wow, that's interesting. Like her sister said that she saw a UFO. So like she started to believe in UFOs and then all of a sudden she's like, there's a fucking light chasing us. It's a UFO. And Barney was like, stop, calm down. You're being silly. And they pull off. Um, and it, it basically continues to follow them and it starts continues getting closer and closer. So Barney pulls over, pulls out his binoculars, to take a look at it. Um, he notices that it's basically, it's a saucer shaped craft with lights on the front and the sides. Uh-oh. And he says that it has two kind of like wings that came out on the sides. Um, if you go online, there's a picture that was drawn Um I think it's a picture that Barney drew himself actually of like what it looked like. And it looks just like a normal saucer. It's got a row of windows across the entire like front of it all the way around. And it's got the two wings that come out the sides that had lights on them. Um, and 
he start he looks through the binoculars and basically through the row of windows, he says that he sees multiple creatures looking through it, looking through the window at him. Um, he said that they looked kind of humanoid, but they definitely weren't humans. They were all wearing like black jumpsuits and he could see that they were looking at him. Um, and he said at this point it was hovering about 80 feet off the ground and it was about 300 feet away from them. And so they get freaked out. Obviously they're really freaking scared. So they jump back in the car start to drive away immediately as fast as they could. And they hear like a strange, like beeping and buzzing sound that was like, they said it felt like it was like coming off of their car, like a strange beeping, buzzing sound. And then they remember that they begin to get really dizzy. And then the next thing they know, they're back on the main road about 30 miles down from where they pulled off. And it was 3 a.m. A lot of time. So, yeah, there was about three hours had gone by. Um, They felt really groggy and they were like really confused about what happened. And but they just kind of continue home. Um, Obviously, they, they both knew something really strange and freaky happened to them but they couldn't remember anything you know they couldn't they don't remember anything after seeing the spaceship and then trying to get away so um they you know they get home and barney's noticed that his binocular strap was broken um his shoes were completely like scraped up and destroyed to the point where he had to buy new shoes the next day Betty's dress was torn in like multiple places and there was a weird strange like powder that was on her dress that they didn't know where that came from. Um, Both of their watches stopped working and never worked again after that. Weren't big fans of watches, huh? (laughs) They didn't really know what to make of it. And this was back in the 60s. So they basically just didn't, you know, they, they, apparently they, they tried to call the police and the police told them to call like the air force base or something that was in the area. So the next day, um, they called the air force base and they told them about what had happened. And there was an official report that was produced about this. Um, it didn't officially come out until two years later, but it describes what happened to them as a strange incident. The subject of the report is unidentified flying object. Um, in it, they explain, uh, Barney's account of the incident. Um, they also mentioned that the air force base did pick up readings on radar that night from, an unidentified object. In that so there area. was something in the air that people didn't know about that night. Yeah. There in that location. Yep. Interesting. There was, uh, on the radar, there was an unknown object in the area that night. Um, it also states in the, in the, the report that Barney's honesty and seriousness appear to be valid. All right. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, it would be hard for me to make up an alien story and to get other people to believe it. Because I feel like I just, like, couldn't keep a straight face through the whole, through the whole, t- through the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know what I mean? Like, like you you'd have to get you have to be so straight, and they're gonna ask you so many questions, so many different angles. And like, I would, I'd mess up somewhere. Yeah, no way. I can right? Keep it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta really because like, they're like, I thought you said you went up this way. Oh, did I say that first? Oh, yeah, it was this way. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, it, it. And here's what 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 makes me wanna wanna believe it more is that. They went like basically they went years without really after they made the the incident report with the Air Force, they didn't really do anything else. They talked to like their friends. Interesting and stuff that about they it. filed it with the Air Force. Like that's the first place. That's what the police told them to do. I mean, the police are nice people, and not been like, oh, you should talk to the uh, the clinic over there. You should talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Have you talked to a psychiatrist? <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, they told them they that's. And then that's kind of where it was at for a while. But in the coming years, like the next two to three years, Betty began having like very serious and like extreme intense nightmares. Um, when and in the nightmares, she was taken onto a craft and experimented on. And, and, you know, just apparently it was very terrifying. Like she would wake up screaming and sweating almost every night according to like her niece who lived with them for a while um and she you know that was not a great thing she didn't love that so she would tell people about that um barney on the other hand he tried to kind of like you know hold it in like he didn't talk to anybody about it and he was just you could tell apparently his niece said like, you could tell like he got really like something was wrong. Um, and he basically over the next couple years, he developed like PTSD symptoms. Like he was very like quiet and like, you know, which is not what he was like before this. Like he was part of a big civil rights activist, all that stuff. So he developed like PTSD symptoms and he also developed like high blood pressure and he basically had to take pressure can be from anything though. True. Yeah. But he basically had to take six months off of work cause he just couldn't work. Um, cause there was just so much stress and, and his body was getting fucked up. Um, so Betty kind of like talks to her, her boss and her sister about these nightmares that she's been having. And they tell her like, maybe like you're remembering, something that happened or maybe like these nightmares are, are like, you know, recollect recollecting like what happened that you guys have forgotten about or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally in 1964, three years later, um, they suggest that Betty and Barney should go see a psychiatrist in Boston who specializes in hypnotic regression. All right. And, you know, hypnotic regression is when you're like, get put into like a hypnotic state and it's, it's supposed to help you like remember things that you blocked out. It can also lead to false memories. I heard it's possible. I mean, of course. Yeah. They, it, you can be like more suggestible. Case, like the, you like can be their, more suggestible. Their hypnosis thing like did more damage than good. 
That's because they're bullshitting. <laughs> but uh, but they um yeah so they they did like hypnotic regression which it, and and it can you're right it can make you more suggestible like open to suggestions and it's not a guarantee that you're always like telling the truth exactly what happened but it's known in a lot of cases to be able to like help you remember things that you've tried to block out or stuff that you just can't remember. So they go see the specialist in Boston, both Barney and Betty, and they're given, they have separate sessions. All right. They're not together when they're doing this, they have separate sessions. And during multiple sessions, Betty and Barney are put into hypnosis and they end up recalling kind of what happened that night. Um, and it's, it's pretty interesting. You can hear some of them, like they have a couple of Barney's sessions are available to listen to on YouTube and they're very interesting, man. Um, but basically what they recount separately, all right, they both recount the same thing, um, is them getting back in their car to flee, like we said, and they're stopped in the street by by multiple aliens all right um they're standing like in the road in front of them so they stop um they they describe them as about five foot four humanoid no ears small slits for mouths um small noses and large cat-like eyes all right um, so they both get out of the car. If it was me, I would have fucking ran them over and kept going, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to just stop. Be like, Oh, I don't want to hurt this alien in front of me, but um, well, I don't think like driving towards them is going to do anything. They just appear. Yeah. If they're aliens they could just, yeah, good point. But I think <laughs> I'd be too scared to stop is what I'm saying. Um, but anyway, so apparently they both get out of the car and Barney is kind of just like frozen with fear. Like he's not moving. Like he's just kind of, he gets out of the car and he just doesn't know what to do. Betty gets out and runs into the woods to try to escape. Um, but she's chased down by a couple of the aliens and they catch her and they have a little bit of like a, a fight in the woods where they, they chase her down, grab her and they pull her onto the ship um, and Barney is basically dragged onto the ship as well. Like they go over there to him, but he doesn't really put up much of a fight. Apparently he was just kind of frozen with fear. They go over to him, they grab him, drag him onto the ship. Um, now they once they get on the ship, they're separated and they're strapped into experiment tables. Um, they said that hair, skin and tissue samples were taken from both of them. Um, Apparently they were very interested in like our bone structure and their central nervous system. So like, you know, the brain, spinal cord, that kind of stuff. Um, according to Betty, a large needle was inserted wow. into her navel, which navel? she recall, yeah, no, which she recalls, no navel, your belly. Um, and she, they, she's told that it was some sort of pregnancy test. Um, they told her like they said the aliens said like this, this is some yeah. kind of pre- pregnancy test. Yeah, the um, aliens talked to her. Yes, yes. 
Now, here's this is where this is the only discrepancy between them is that Betty says that the aliens were speaking English to her, but it, it was a weird English, like it didn't sound like a normal English, but they were speaking to her in English. And Barney says that they communicated like telepathically, but they were separate. So who knows? Maybe one room they were trying to communicate, whatever. But maybe maybe she didn't have the uh, Betty didn't have that telecommunication skill possibly, that Barney yeah, has. Who knows? But. Maybe they're like, dude, we can't get through there. All right. Does anybody know English? Let's yeah, try this English. Let's figure it out. <laughs> um, so apparently a cup-like instrument was placed onto Barney's groin, which they said was some was to take some sort of like semen sample oh. or something. And later on, in like the months later, there was like a huge like bunch of warts that showed up. On, in that area around like his groin, like where the cup supposedly was. Sure, he didn't cheat on his wife. <laughs> not like not those type of warts. Um, apparently, Betty Betty spoke to one of the aliens, and he showed her a star map while she was on there. Like after were so they the were like kind of chill. They were like talking. Like, apparently, yeah. Time. Apparently, according to Betty, yeah, they were they were kind of being chill with her. Um, she said she tried to take a book that was full of strange writing, but there was an argument between them and they wouldn't let her take it. You know, they don't want to get found out. You know, um, I feel like they're really on. scared to get found out. Like that's why, like if, if alien abduction stories are actually true, like aliens know, like, they're not going to get found out if they if they abduct one of us because people just think we're crazy. So they got that fail safe. Yeah, and as long as they don't let you take anything or any, yeah. you know what I mean. Nowadays it's going to be harder because of cell phones and like cameras and yeah, that Linda case could never happen today no. if that ever happened. There'd be a million yeah. videos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so after that, Betty was returned to the car where she said Barney was sitting inside. And he, she said he was in like a daze, like he was awake, but he like wasn't responding or anything like that. Um, all this came out during separate hypnosis sessions between them. Um, like I said, the only discrepancy is how they communicated with the, with them. But since they were in separate rooms, it's possible. You know? I don't know why that would be blocked from their memories, though. Like it's not a very traumatic experience. Like they weren't getting harmed. I mean, they were abducted, dude. That's pretty fucking scary. Plus, I don't. I don't Why think did you remember? They, I don't think it was just that, like, they got scared and re- didn't. Like, I think the aliens did something to them so they wouldn't remember. You know, it wasn't just like they blocked it out. I think that, like, the alien, like, aliens didn't want them to remember that. But um, it wasn't even until 1965 when a friend of Betty's that she told about all this and told her about like the, the the hypnosis and all that her friend went to the media and told the media about everything. And that's when it kind of started to blow up in 1965. Um, Barney was not too happy about it. Apparently he did not want anyone to know about this. He thought he still probably thought like, this is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Barney seems like a, a, like, you know, a man's man type of guy. Like he's very like stoic and just not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
doesn't want all this attention. Doesn't want any sort of attention or emotions, anything like that. Betty seemed like she was very interested in this kind of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, that's when it started to blow up in 1965. And then they, they had a bunch of interviews and stuff like that. Their story never changed. Like the story was all the same. Um, in my opinion, the most, the most compelling evidence is the star map that Betty saw on the ship. Um, in 1965, after the story came out, they were like, so can you draw like the star map that you saw? Do you think you can remember what it looked like? And she did. Um, she drew it. And at the time, uh, it had like some lines in it. Like it, it showed two stars and like some lines going between the planets. She said like some of those lines were like trade routes that they had. And then some of those lines were like ex- exploration routes. Um, but it was, it was a star system. And at the time, it didn't really look like anything like they kind of, people were kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. We can't really find anything that looks like this. Then in 1967, two years later, Zeta Reticuli was discovered and her map was almost an exact replica of the Zeta Reticuli star system. It looks exactly like it. All right. Now how, you know what I mean? Like how would she know? To do Zeta Reticuli wasn't even discovered at the time. And isn't Zeta Reticuli where Bob Lazar says that the yeah. the crafts and stuff that he worked on possibly came from? All right. Um apparently anyone who interviewed them in that in that time period, like from like sixty five to like seventy, uh believed that they were very sincere and genuine. Um unfortunately, Barney died of a stroke in 1969 so not not too long after interesting um betty didn't die until 2004 she lived a long time she lived well into her 80s um and i will admit betty got a little weird towards the end you know she did some interviews in her when she was in her 80s and i mean she at this point you can tell that she obviously kind of like dedicated her life to like aliens and looking at this kind of stuff, which isn't crazy. Like if I got abducted by aliens, I think I might like dedicate a big portion (laughs) of my life to like looking into that kind of stuff. But apparently like she was like taking pictures of stuff in the sky and she was like, look at all these UFOs I've seen. And they were like easily just like, this is a weather balloon or this is, you know, that type of stuff. But she's an old lady. What do you know what I mean? Like she was in her eighties at this point. Um, so some people try and discredit her because of that, but it's like, I don't think that really discredits her. Like it's, it's more about what they were doing before this happened. Like what kind of people they were before, you know what I mean? And like I said, they were both very upstanding citizens. They'd received awards for civil rights, for all kinds of stuff they'd done. But it's a very interesting story. I, it, it's compelling. It's one of those stories where like these two people have like normal backgrounds Right. They're not UFO kooks or they're not like UFO researchers or anything before that. They were like upstanding citizens. Um, Like I said, like they were big. Barney was a huge civil rights activist. He received awards from the governor of New Hampshire. Plus he was invited to Lyndon B. Johnson's inauguration. Like they were upstanding citizens. What would be, what would be their reason for, you know what I mean? They didn't like make a bunch of money off this. They didn't, I think like way later a book was written, but not while Barney was alive. I don't think. 
I think, and they didn't, they didn't say anything about this. Like it was one of Betty's friends that like leaked everything and started talking right. to the media about it, you know? Plus all the weird shit, like her dress was all torn up. Their watches never working again. Maybe they had like a strange encounter that they didn't know what it was. And then when they did hypnosis, they triggered some false kind of memory that made him think. But they both separately told like the same story. During, they during, both, the, during regression, they both you're had not the like same. very conscious when you're under hypnotic regression. You know what I mean? Right. But it could, you don't know what the person's asking. If you're a fucking skeptic, bro. Fuck you. <laughs> you don't know what the Get person's the asking. You're not, you don't know what the person's you asking. Do. You can listen to it. I know, but like the person that's asking these questions might be the one triggering. That's when some people say that he was leading, but I didn't think so when I listened to it. And you could feel the emotion. Like you could hear the emotion. Like at one point, Barney starts crying, like hysterically crying and yelling during it. You know what I mean? Like there, there's real emotion there. Something happened to them. Like it's, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, well, these guys are civil rights activists. Why would they, why would he want to look sound like a fucking weirdo and say like, I got abducted by aliens and stuff. He's trying to be, he's trying to like, you know what I mean? You never know people's intentions. I guess. I mean, you know, yeah, I didn't know them personally, but <laughs> yeah, it's just really interesting. I, this one, in my opinion, is the most believable. I believe it the most. And it also was the very first, you know, it was the first, first public like yeah. UFO abduction, not UFO thing, but like abduction, you know? So it's, it's really interesting to me. I believe them. I believe that one on a scale. All right. So we have to go from most believable to least believable. What do you go with? Most believable. I would definitely put, um, the plane, the missing plane one, I think is the most believable one to me. Okay. Um, second, I'll put Bet- Betty and Barney. Um, I, I just have issues with the hypnosis. Okay. And then third would be, um, Travis Walton. Yeah. Because you, you have to put into perspective that like six other people are collaborating. Yeah. Collaborating his story. So my detector tests were. Passed. Yeah. So like there's some evidence there that like wouldn't rule me out. I don't believe Linda's story. The only intriguing <laughs> thing is the 23 other witnesses that have nothing to do with Linda's her. Linda's bullshit, dude. But <laughs> I don't believe that story. It's just a famous story. I don't believe yeah. that. I, I think I agree with you. No, I would flip Betty Barney Hill and the plane incident. Like, I would go least believable is Linda. Fucking, she's lying. <laughs> Second, we Travis Walton. Just because there's a lot of, you know, interesting yeah. facts about it afterwards. Um... Third would be the the plane, the the pilot, and then most believable in my opinion is Betty Barney Hill, just because of all the sh- all the evidence, man. Like the star map, dude. How are you just gonna draw a star map that resembles Zeta Reticuli like that? You know, it's not. Maybe you should just saw the state state Reticuli star system and just draw that through that from what she saw from the sky. Can you can you see Zeta Reticuli know. from the sky? I'm no I'm no astrologist. Yeah, I don't know. But it's also just interesting how Zeta Reticuli isn't like, that's not the only time Zeta Reticuli is mentioned when you're talking about like aliens oh, and yeah. UFOs and stuff. I, I actually, think Zeta Reticuli comes up a lot, which we should do an episode. We're going to yeah, do um, an episode on yeah. Zeta Reticuli. Everything about it. Everything yeah. about it, because there's a lot. It shows up a lot 
Yes. In uh, Alien. Also, and also an ancient. There's an ancient. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, get, we'll get into so that. So we'll talk. We'll get into that. But. Uh, I do want to close on some uh, alien abduction things. So there seems to be a pattern, um, basically, uh, with abduction, like abduction, abduct, like people who say they've been abducted. Uh-huh. That their pattern is that they feel numb. They don't know what's going on. They feel helpless and they feel like they're moving toward a light. And then they come back and they don't remember. They know that large amounts of times have passed, but they don't remember yeah. that time. It's been blocked Missing out. Time is, Missing is very, time is very fluid throughout yes. all abduction stories. Um, yeah. And There's a lot of abduction stories out there. And I, I really feel like... N- 85 to 90 percent of them are bullshit most of them i maybe even 100 percent. but like you know no we can't do that we can't do that there's a poll out there that says that maybe five hundred thousand americans have been abducted and like dude that's no, no way. way no Zero, way no way that's a stupid <laughs> that's like a dumb stupid like buzzfeed clickbait poll. shut up but um but yeah we gotta wrap this one up we've been going for a minute here now i think that's that's all we got for today yes. on on abductions i mean we went pretty deep on, on abductions here. These, like I said, these are the most famous. There's all kinds of ones you can go look up, but and we might do like some others in the later part. Yeah, we might yeah. eventually do more different abduction stories. Although I've looked at a lot of them, and most of them are just bullshit to me. Dude. Yeah, I, yeah. These ones, even half of these ones, I think are bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And, the and best like, ones, the best yeah, ones that we found. Exactly. So I don't know if we'll do another episode on them, but um, depends. It depends how many mysteries we got. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe years from now when we're running out of episode ideas, we'll go back to other abduction stories. But yeah, so they're, they're just super interesting to me, man. I really like, obviously, anything alien is, is super interesting. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. So um, it's fun to look into it. And um, I would suggest you guys look a little more into them, too. I mean, there's, I would look into the Betty Barney Hill one, look into the Travis Walton. There's a lot of stuff you can look into on it. Um, and you know, just make a decision for yourself. What you think? They all have books. You can accept the pilot, but they all have books you can read too. If you're interested, definitely movies, books, the movies aren't always, there's no movies on the other ones. There's just movies on, there's a movie on the Betty and Barney Hill. Oh really? Is there sort of, it's like an NBC, like movie thing that came out a little, it came out in like the seventies after Barney had died. Cause I don't think he would want that. Did you when you watch the movie The Fire in the They spend more time on the. They probably spend more time on the uh, alien ship than that than Travis describes. Not really. The Fire in the Sky is not that great, guys. I'm sorry. I don't, it's just not that good of a movie. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So check that stuff out if you're interested. That's why. They, that's why he wants a remake. That's odd. A remake might be cool if they did it right. You know, which I'd be interested. I'd go see it. But um, I'm sure it would just be on Netflix or something. But um yeah so check that stuff out i guess finally it's coming down to it next episode we're gonna do skinwalker ranch we've been avoiding it, yeah, I, don't been know, avoiding it. I don't know why we've been avoiding it just because we tried it one time and it, it's a very jumbled thing like there's so much you know, it happens at that yeah, range. there's so much into it it goes across all spectrums of like supernatural and like folklore like all kinds of like interdimensional like psychic like all kinds of stuff going on at skinwalker ranch so it's hard to kind of categorize but we'll figure it out we'll get into it um so stay tuned for that that should be coming soon 
Again, thank you guys for listening and uh, peace out. Peace out. S- sleep tight. Don't get abducted. Mystery Brothers. 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 Mystery Brothers.